These are flash fiction challenges. I was issued a challenge. Give me a title, no more than four words, and I will write a story in 200 words. This is what happened. Dr. Mongoloid's Day Out Dr. Mongoloid sat on the uncomfortable wooden bench and glared menacingly at the other people in the park. In sepid ignorance, piles of shit a lot of them, he mused out loud. Running around, trying to tongue-jack their own shit boxes. a child's wayward frisbee landed unceremoniously at his feet. He kicked it away and sneered. People are just inflammations, festering boils on the great ass of the world. Dr. Mongoloid leaned back and started rubbing his hands together lecherously. Soon, though, soon enough, my orbital sterilization ray will be complete. Oh yes, oh yes. Then all of the plodding failures that call themselves the human race will weep and bleed and stop laughing at me. The doctor's eyes wandered over to another child, crying and pointing at the scoop of ice cream melting on the sidewalk. Dr. Mongoloid stood up languidly and sauntered over to the child, smiling like a rabid dog on amphetamines. Poor fool, I'll give you something to cry about. How about when your daddy pace dispenser fires pitiful poison wads of sheer impotence? How bitter will those tears taste, eh? Fuck your caramel peanut ripple, dying its slow and deserved death. I will space rape your sperm. Give me your pants. The wasps were unmercifully stinging the couple. The syringe of atrophine was twenty feet away. The dosage was only enough to save one of them. Will they do what it takes to... To survive, a jovial baritone boomed from overhead. The man brought himself to his hands and knees, pausing to acclimate himself to the burning pain. The woman grabbed his ankle forcibly and pulled him down to the ground. She dragged herself forward, inch by slow inch. Her neck craned to her opponent. He was gaining on her. She rotated herself and made her way towards him. His confusion did not, did not hinder his progress. She smiled sadly, knowing nothing would ever set this right as she punched him in the face. He flung himself backwards as she lunged at him. She undid his pants and crawled away. The wasps, excited at the new development, engulfed the man's bare legs. As he screamed in agony, the seepage of blood, venom, and pain exited from his new open wounds. She used his pants to lasso the syringe, grabbed it firmly, and forcibly plunged it into her own chest. And that, audience, is how you win one million dollars, said the jovial baritone voice. The Duchess it was the cold leeching its way through the bedroom that started it all. He rubbed his feet together under the covers and found that one of his socks was missing. He begrudgingly got up, walked to the foot of the bed, and hefted the covers up. As the sheet and comforter flapped about his face, the bland bedroom was replaced with a verdant forest. He wasn't holding his comforter, and more importantly, he wasn't in his bedroom. A gruff voice weaved its way through the brush. "'Anal isn't a bad word here, my sunny Jim.' The man spun around and couldn't see whom the voice belonged to. Down here, you pasty wee boy tickler. The man looked down and was surprised to find a troll staring back up, back up at him. Anal, asked the man, rather unsure of his current safety. Aye, the land's duchess is cursed, you see. She can clean all she wants, make things sparkle like the stars above, but her crown, you see. The troll paused to take in the man's lack of comprehension. Her crown is always brown and caked with filth. The kind you dig a hole for in the woods. The man's face distorted with disgust. Aye, only one way to break the curse. The man's mind flickered with thoughts of daring do and the shiny armor he daring do it in. What's that? All she had to do was be a bit of pleasant to me. The man's knighthood flittered away as his heart sank. Damn it. The failsafe fiend. 
No, you can't call a baby a cocksucker. No, it doesn't matter what gender the baby is. More than priests, I hear confessions. Every shitty thing you wish you said to your boss, every girl your boyfriend slept with that wasn't you. Every time you just want to scream fuck into the phone as loud as you can. My number is up at bars, college campuses, and doctor's offices. Call me for a bad time. I just answer the phone and ask what I did to you. You'll tell me. You'll tell me a thing or two about a thing or two. I pulled the plug on your dying mother. I fucked your brother. I fucked your sister. I got to that first class upgrade before you did. I fired you. Every wretched thing that's ever happened to you, regardless of your own fault, I did it. Me. Not God or the devil. Me. I have to drink just to pass out hard enough not to hear the phone that rings at all hours. But if I were to blame someone for where I am today, it'd be me. I'm the one that fell in love with her voice when she first called. The Stench of Piss I was doing the I have to piss like the mother of twelve bastards dance before the Neanderthal in front of me moved out of line to the bathroom. As I walked into the restroom, the stagnant smells of old urine and new vomit hit me like a hungry prizefighter's punch. Every surface was wet, and, with a fathomless and profound sadness, I hurtled myself into the first empty stall I laid eyes on. I pulled it out of my pants with a blinding speed and a blundering accuracy. I sprayed the seat I forgot to lift up, and was struck with the realization of why everything was wet. I gagged slightly. Jenny was waiting impatiently on the outside. No matter how much I willed time, the beer seemed to pass continuously out of me for what I figured was two and a half years. Jenny told me what she had to tell me later that night. By the time my daughter was born eight months later, the Jitterbug Club was condemned, a parking lot, and a strip mall with a fashion barn and a Starbucks. Sometimes I look at the city, and I look back at my daughter, and I realize they'll never know each other that well. These are tweet fictions. Challenge was, title no longer than four words, and I have to write a snapshot of a story within 140 characters. Goebel's favorite puppy. A furry little head was in the vice as he cranked it closed menacingly. He didn't care if dogs weren't Jewish. He was having fun. Fucked with a knife. Just the tip? Please? I'm really good at it. But I love you. Don't you love me? You'd let me if you love me. And you do love me, right? Six broken fingers. The doctor stared at the x-ray. How exactly did you break it again? Alan donned a shroud of shame. I thought the superglue was lotion. That was a collection of flash fiction. I'm Doug, and this is Mr. Wright. Not only can flash fiction, which I described at the very beginning of the episode, is a good tool to keep your writing muscles uh, entoned, it can also teach you word economy. And word economy, to me, can be both easy and hard, which is a conflict of meaning. Word economy can be easy once you're used to it. When you edit your own work, which I've talked about, or someone else is editing your work, and you might have an eye on that, trying to preemptive strike against it, you can look at your sentences, paragraphs, and go, are any of these a run-on sentence? Are these paragraphs too long? In this one sentence, even if it's not a run-on sentence, can I get away with saying something in five words that I'm getting across in eight this is something you can look at in terms of dialogue as well. Is this character too verbose uh, for no reason? Is he saying something in a way that you're writing, and when you read it out loud, as I've talked about, sounds too long or clunky? That's where word economy comes in. Now, obviously, word economy comes in when you do flash fiction or tweet fiction because 
you have to get everything done in 200 words. Uh, in Tweet Fiction, it's just a little snapshot, and it's 140 characters, um, which is a lot of fun, but once again, very challenging. And I recommend you do these challenges either to yourself, uh, take something from your idea dump, which I talked about very early on uh, in the podcast history. Um, but you should have like an ongoing depository of ideas, whether it's a journal, a notebook, a file on your computer, a Word document, what have you. Uh, take something out of your idea dump uh, and see if you can do it in 200 words. Or go to social media. Go to Twitter and say, hey, followers, if you have any, a title no longer than four words, and I will write a snapshot of a story in 140 characters. And sometimes these new ideas will spark something else. When I read, just now, read The Failsafe Fiend, which was recommended to me, the, the title was recommended to me by my friend Drew, I was like floored where I'm like, you know what? I could write like a short story just about this character. I forgot how it ended really open-endedly. So you never know where inspiration is going to come from, and doing writing exercises like flash fiction, word economy, can spark new ideas. These exercises have a myriad of uses, a plethora even. It can be a cornucopia of your imagination. So I hope this inspired you, and I hope you get inspired by doing these writing exercises. Jump to social media, say four-letter, uh, four-word title, uh, and I will write a 200-word thing. And, you know, post it, tag that person. Uh, make their day. You wrote something for someone else as well. Paying it forward. I don't know if that's the correct way I'm using pay it forward. But you're making someone say by writing something for them, you get the workout, you get to look into a word economy, and figuring out how to write something concise, clear. I'm Doug, and this has been Mr. Wright. Remember, you keep writing, they'll keep reading. Right on. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like D20 Proof, Knapsack Comedy, and Mr. Wright. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.